start a new series this morning, and as Matt's already mentioned, it's called uh, Made to Flourish. Made to Flourish. And my simple question this morning is, are you flourishing? Are you flourishing? Not just do you have a smile on your face, does everything look great on the outside, but deep down in the depth of your soul, are you flourishing? For the next several weeks, we're going to be asking that question and looking at some specific systems of flourishing. We've already read Psalm 1 together. I would invite you to turn to that if you've got your Bible You've got an old school, like real paper copy, or you've got it electronically. Have Psalm 1 open. Have Psalm 1 open, because we're going to anchor, really, our series in this particular psalm. And it's going to frame the series, and it's really going to be an introduction uh, to us as we, as we go forward. I want to start with a simple truth. We've already read the text. We won't review it all again. But I want to start with this basic idea that we were made to flourish. We were made to flourish. Psalm 1 gives us this picture of a person whose life is planted by the stream. And we see this picture of flourishing. And this is grounded, anchored in Psalm 1. And when you look at Psalm 1, I, I want to invite us to consider how we, how we read the Bible, how we look at it. First of all, we can look at what, you know, what the scholars talk about as biblical theology. In other words, this particular psalm is written within a book, which is a particular type of literature within the Bible, and there are ways to interpret it. And if we were going to look at Psalm 1, we see that it starts the book of Psalms, and that the, when the editors inspired by the Holy Spirit put it together, they put this one first. And scholars tell us that, it was, that, that the Holy Spirit used the editors to put it together when the people of Israel happened to be in exile in the Babylonian exile, and they were in the dry desert land. So we see this picture of flourishing, this picture of streams of water in a context where according to Psalm 137 they were asking the simple question what is it like to flourish in a desert land what do we do what do we do the temple's been destroyed we've been kicked out how do we flourish what does it look like where are those streams of water we can also look at this psalm within the broader context of what we would call systematic theology, where we would trace particular pictures and patterns and practices throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. We'd see, how do these pieces fit together? So when we look at flourishing, we can go back to Genesis 1 and 2, and we see a, a picture of the garden. We see God creating creating man in his own image, God creating and saying it is very good. God in, in union, in relationship, Adam and Eve 
invited into perfect community, perfect fellowship with the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, a perfect picture of community. And we can, we can look all the way to the end and we can go to Genesis or, or Revelation 22 and see a picture of the garden restored. This tree of life that we see in Genesis 1 and 2 comes back in Revelation 22 and we will see God healing the nation. So within this frame of garden to garden, we see lots of passages throughout the Bible that talk about flourishing and give us these pictures. Some of our familiar, maybe most favorite passages, we'll talk about that. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in pastures, he leads me by still waters. So we can see these pictures as we go. Jesus will talk about the, the life, the living water that he offers. We'll talk about the fruit of the Spirit. So we see this picture throughout the Bible where these images and these patterns are repeated. We also see these themes. What's it like to flirt? What's it mean to be blessed? What's it mean to be blessed? Jesus will pick this up in the Sermon on the Mount and blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. So blessed are you when you're at the end of your rope and there's more room for God in your life. So there's this picture of what does it mean to be blessed. And then there are also particular practices. What does it look like to actually follow Jesus? What are the practices that actually work? This morning as you walk into this place if you would say, I'm not really flourishing in particular areas. The good news is that Jesus has given us what we need in his word. He's given us the practices. He's given us the people. And we're going to take a look at some of these systems over the next several weeks. But we start with this truth that we were made to flourish. Now, something happened between those trees. We'll see it in Genesis 3 where we have the fall and we are separated from God. You know, Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden, banished their separation. And we've seen throughout the rest of Scripture how God is restoring, God is redeeming, God is in some sense bringing us back to the garden. In fact, even as we look at this particular psalm, Eugene Peterson in the message, this, this line of uh, being, being a uh, tree planted by streams of water, Peterson says in the message, you're a tree replanted in Eden. So there's this picture of replanting that is at the core of what it means to flourish. But the second truth that I, I believe we need to look at this morning is we make it difficult to flourish. Let me just say it personally, I make it hard on myself to flourish. Whenever I go my own way and think I've got all the answers, I make it more difficult than I need to be. I become my own God, I do my own thing. My guess is I am not alone this morning. So what does it look like? What does that choice 
to disobey? Why is it difficult? Well, we live in the already and the not yet. And in, in, in some ways, Jesus has already redeemed us. He's already restored us. He's already died on the cross. We put our faith and our trust in him. We have access to that eternal life. Life forever and life, abundant life right now, that is available to us. Jesus has already paid the penalty in full. He's already brought that which was separated. He's given us the Holy Spirit and we have all of this available to us. And yet, we're in the not yet. We still have a sin nature. We still fight the battle. We still lean on our own understanding. We still go our own way and we make it difficult to flourish. Am I alone in that? I don't think so. So there are particular ways, and when we look at the, uh, the words of the psalmist, Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So here we see two particular ways of living. One is to have our, our delights our desires, at the core of our heart, what is drawing us, and our meditations, that which we think about, that's that which we ruminate, ruminate on, that's the, the way we direct our thoughts. We can do that on the law of the Lord, which is not just like Ten Commandments or Deuteronomy. I mean, it's, it's the whole deal. It's, it's the gospel. It's the way of Jesus. It's the entire Bible. Or we can go the way of the mocker. Now that particular word, mocker or scoffer, it's a really interesting word. And, and I think as I, I think about the time in which we live, it seems like we live in a world of mockers and scoffers. And as you think about what that word actually means, it's, it's to look down on, it's to belittle. And it actually that, that word can also mean interpret. And it's, it's to see the world through your own lens. If you were here last week, we talked about operating systems and apps in the sense of if I am my own operating system, if everything starts with me, everything is connected to me, everything, that's the end and the beginning. I interpret life through my own lens of pride and preference and those things. I'm down that path of being a scoffer and a mocker. Jesus will offer us a better way, though. And that's the good news that we have to share today and in this series. So this is a, a message this morning that's, that's introductory. And I'm going to paint the landscape a little bit from this picture and invite you, even this morning, to, to do some self-examination and say, where am I in these particular systems? Because the third truth I want to explore with you is that God gives us what we need to flourish. God gives us what we need. Do you believe that to be true? 
Do you really, I mean, your heart of hearts, do you believe that God gives us what we need to flourish? If the answer is yes, or I'm working on it, or I'm trying to get there, I would invite you to consider these four different systems and how the Holy Spirit might work on us in the next several weeks to live more of that life like the tree planted by the stream. So let's go. Let me lay out for you what I believe are four different systems as we look at this picture of the tree. Got to confess, I used to be a biology major way back in the day. So I'm having some biology flashbacks here. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I believe in God's Word. He gives us a nice metaphor or technically a simile that gives us a picture of flourishing. Let's start with the roots. Let's start with the roots. What do roots do? What do roots actually do? Well, they are, they are connection. Roots are our system of connection to God, to other people, to resources. When you look throughout Scripture, you see a lot of language that has to do with roots and connection and people. I'll just highlight this briefly and mention a few scriptures. You might just jot these down and come back to it. But Paul in his prayer to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians 3, this is his prayer. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Power to see, to grasp how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. But there is a connection to God that is embedded in this system, and it's where it starts. There's also a connection to other people. We've talked several times about how God uses people to connect us to grace. There's the grace that saves us. Yes, 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 it's God doing for us what we cannot do ourselves. God saving us through Jesus on the cross. There is also the grace that Peter describes in 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God uses people. God uses people as part of his grace supply chain. We talked about that idea. So my question this morning is, do a little evaluation. What, how healthy is your root system? when you consider your own flourishing? Do you have the right people in your life? Do you have people who can encourage you? People who can, use a good biblical term, spur you on, challenge you. People who can help you see what you don't see. Long haul of following Jesus, we have to have connections. Now the good news is God has given us his spirit and he's given us his people, he's given us his word, so we have access to resources. And when you think about what roots do, they go down and they, they, they keep us grounded. Those attachments keep us where we need to be and they are growing to bring in resources for us. 
So from a scale of zero dead to 10 flourishing, what is your root system of connection look like? Take a look at that. The second system, trunk and branches. You think about it as that, as that tree grows up. Well, the, the, the trunk and the branches are the structure of our core beliefs, that which we hold tightly to. It's our core beliefs, it's our rhythms, it's our habits. I absolutely love having those students up here talking about their own faith journey and the way that they're connecting. But also what I heard in there was all the stresses of life, all the sports, all the classes, all the things. And that ends once you graduate from high school, right? Then life is a walk in the park and it's easy to flourish. But what are your rhythms? What are your practices? What does that look like? The tree talks, I mean the tree doesn't talk, but when we look at the tree, it's a reflection of delight in God's law, meditation in God's law, day and night. So there are rhythms, there are habits, there are practices that God has given us. To meditate is to, to, to chew on. Can't help but be reminded of the Apostle Paul in Romans 12 says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So what is, what is the structure? What is forming you this morning? What is forming you? Your beliefs, your habits, your practices. Again, give yourself a little, is that, is that system dead? Is it flourishing? We're just keeping it simple this morning. When you look at the rest of that tree, look at, look at the leaves. Look at the leaves. What happens? First of all, what color is a leaf? It's green. Well, it's changing right now, right? You have seasons, but there's chlorophyll, and you have this whole process of photosynthesis where you have the sunlight and you have carbon dioxide and you have water and then you have this process that takes these things in and then produces or gets rid of or produces glucose, produces food and then breathes out or releases oxygen. So there's a process, there's a metabolism that happens. So when you think about your own life, what does that system look like for you? How do you process life's experiences? How do you process the ups and downs of life? What does that look like for you? In our mentally healthy faith class, Henry Cloud talks about the metaphor of a a plumbing system. How do you process the pain, the sin, the loss of life? You know, we can go to passages like, like in James 1 where consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. We can talk about Romans 8.28 8, about how God is always working things together. But are you actually living that? Do you have a system in place that's connected to people, that's connected to the structure of truth, but do you actually have a system for processing the ups and downs of life. 
We all need one. We all do. What is your system of growth, of processing look like? And then finally, we, we have fruit. We're called to produce. Jesus will say every good tree bears good fruit. There's a life of love that's aligned around love for God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's a Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, all the, all the qualities of what that life looks like. And we're called not simply to live life for ourselves, but also to make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples. So there's a, there's a process of the church growing and building. I think of those little seeds planted even with these little bracelets by our kids. And thinking, how might God use those? How might God use this little seed for growth? What an opportunity. But what does your system look like? Do you have intentional effort towards that? towards your system of production and reproduction. What does that look like for you? So this morning, I simply invite you to do a little evaluation and think about where you are in those systems. Your roots, your connections, your kind of that trunk and branches of your belief structure and practices, kind of those leaves of growth, and then that fruit. What does it look like? Where do you want to put your time and effort and attention? I'm excited about the next several weeks and how we're going to dive into that. Um, But as I was considering this even in my own life, I was thinking about where where do I need to put some focus and attention? And um, my guess is somebody sitting here this morning, some of you are saying, yeah, let's go. Others of you are like, "Eh, I just don't know just don't know and I think sometimes we have systems and we know they're off but we just ignore it in my van my Kia Sedona my power steering was out for a year that's just terrible that's really irresponsible and I was like you know what I tried to fix it myself I did the YouTube thing But at the end of the day, I didn't want to invest. I didn't think it was worth the cost. And then my beloved wife, who's always spurring me on, says, what what about the cost if you got into a wreck because you couldn't turn that wheel? She says, you look like a clown in the parking lot trying to do that thing. (laughs) But also, what's the cost of just being self-centered, self-focused, and not willing to invest? I believe there's a cost to all of us when we're not attentive to what we know we need to change. Amen? So may we roll up our sleeves together over the next several weeks, look at these systems, and together grow into a flourishing life with Jesus at the core. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to do the work in us and through us that only you can. And as we prepare our hearts to receive communion this morning, remind us of your goodness to us. Remind us 
that even as we look back and we see the tree of life in the garden and we, we look ahead to the end of the story in Revelation, we also remember, Jesus, that you went to the garden. You went to the garden of Gethsemane and you submitted you said, not my will, but yours. And you went to the tree and you hung on a tree and you paid the penalty for our sin so that we can have life, we can have connection with you. So as we receive this morning, we simply say, thank you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.